This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for a worship Sundays at 9 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. A reading from Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will it be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be done in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, Don't look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My daughter Allison has been studying dance for a couple of years, and she is now just beginning point. It, point shoes were invented by a guy named Charles Didio, I think is the name, in 1795, I believe, and he called them his flying machines because of their ability to seemingly defy gravity and to make the dancer look weightless as they seem to defy the pull of gravity and just tip up on their toes at will. But anyone who has ever studied dance and ever tried to do that knows that people don't fly, and we are not weightless, and it is just that, an illusion. You take the shoes off, and the bruises and the calluses give proof to the fact. I remember as a little kid going to church with my mom and dad, and you know, gradually over time becoming aware a little bit of the liturgy and the things that we did over and over again, one of which was the confession. And I remember asking them, why do we have to do the confession every week? Does it wear off? Or is it because we sin more in between time? And they patiently explained to me that it was not so much that we needed to be, to confess again, as it was that we needed to remember that we were forgiven again. We seem to have a remarkable ability to forget who we are and to forget what we need. We indulge in illusion, which should tell us something. And we all do it. I mean, from the, from the smallest thing, like deciding what we're going to wear in the morning. Unless you're one of those people like uh, Einstein or Steve Jobs who has the same outfit for every day, you're making some sort of decision as to who you are that day, as to what image you are going to project. And certainly if you are on Facebook, it's not, hard to say, it's not hard to see that we indulge in illusion. Most of the pictures, most of the posts depict people who are healthy, wealthy, and wise, who seem happy, who go on awesome vacations, whose kids are in the top 10% and whose dog is smarter than yours. But if you're the one posting, 
you know that that isn't quite true. That there's that and then there's the rest of you. We tend to indulge in the illusion that we don't need to be forgiven. That our lives are just fine. Thank you very much. Or on the other hand, we indulge in the illusion that we can't be forgiven. We hold on to our, to our sense of hurt or our bitterness, our disappointment, our sense of failure. Perhaps because in doing so, it gives us a sense of control. As long as I hold on to those things, I don't have to submit to the humiliation of being forgiven by somebody else. We need confession. As boring as it might be at times, because it is the first act of worship. It is the act of admitting who we are. Because it's only when we truthfully admit who we are that we can recognize our need for the gospel. Because if the gospel can't speak to who we really are, then it's just one more illusion to go with everything else. Ash Wednesday rolls around every year like confession writ large. We have our weekly confession and then we have our yearly confession in which coming into this season of Lent, once again we receive the instruction to take a hard look at ourselves. To foster no illusions about who we are and what we need. And we do this in preparation for coming up to the awesome events of Holy Week. Which if we don't need them, mean nothing. But if we do, it means everything. Nadia Boltz Weber, uh, who has written a number of books, one of which is one called um, Accidental Saints, describes Ash Wednesday as if, if this is baptism and this is funeral, your funeral, and there's a ribbon that stretches between the two and you don't know how long or that ribbon is. Ash Wednesday comes around every year and in a sense grabs that ribbon in the middle and pinches it up so that our baptism and our funeral come together. We hear the words of our baptism and we remember that wet oily cross marked on our foreheads. We hear the words of our funeral and come into contact with that starkly honest mortal dust 
And together they leave a smudge on our forehead that becomes the sign of our saving. The sign of the one that we come to worship. A reminder to us that this one who comes bearing gospel, bearing good news, is every bit as dusty as we are. but also comes with that same holy breath that breathed life into those first dusty creatures, Adam and Eve, that breathed, dust into, that breathed life into Ezekiel's valley of dry bones and made them live again. And in bearing this mark, we remember that that same holy breath breathes on us and can make us, for all of our need, for all of our dustiness, breathe again. And that will be the question that will be so pressing and so essential in that interminable period between Good Friday and Easter morning. Can these dry bones live? And the good news is that that same breath can breathe life into us again and again and again. Amen.